Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Mary Scott Mercer and Rachel Autry bring weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Welcome to another episode of the Behind the Bliss podcast. I'm interviewing one of my new and dear friends, Terry Flanagan. Terry is a wife and mom of three and the co-founder of Ember Charlotte. Ember is a worship night in the city of Charlotte for women to gather and worship, be prayed for, and to form relationships and put true discipleship into practice. I cannot wait for you to hear her story. Hey, Mary Scott. Hey, Terry! I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I'm literally giggling to myself in my room right now. <laughs> you should see me. I'm like fist pumping. Like it's so exciting. Well, we are new friends and we share about 100 mutual friends and everyone kind of kept pushing us together. And I, yeah. I'm so glad that after we had coffee, we both decided that you had to come on the show. So I'm so excited for all of my friends to come and meet you today. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, all of those things. Yeah, I am. You'll hear me say y'all a lot because I am a Texas girl, born and raised, Um, but so happy that I have transplanted to the Southeast. I've been in the Southeast area for 12 years now. Atlanta, like we we decided we had coffee one time for six months in Chattanooga, and then we found home here in Charlotte, and I hope we never leave. This is the greatest city don't you think oh, I mean you're not I here right totally now totally agree I mean I like Savannah too but being yes. a charlatan born and raised oh. I cannot wait to hopefully crossing my fingers live there again one day yes. it's so great I, we love it and so I'm here with my husband again 12 years we've been married and we have three kids nine six and almost two girl Ooh. yeah and we're a few weeks away from school so you know oh. that's that Um, and let's see a little bit about me. I love people. Um, I think you'll hear in my story. I realized many years ago, I got to just call me to be a people gatherer and someone to love on people and bring them together. I host a Bible study in my house every summer for all my different pockets of people. We have an annual football college tailgate kickoff party. I think this is the ninth year we're having that and it's moved city to city with us. Annual parties are absolutely my favorite. I also have a, the day we go back to school, I have a sip, sip, hooray party where we have coffee and like muffins. For all the moms? For all the kids. Why not? Oh no, not the kids. The kids go to school (laughs) and then we come to my house and we drink coffee and we have muffins and, you know, waffles and chicken on a stick and... We just oh, hang you are out. inspiring me. I'm writing you know this down. Yes. I'm writing all this the, down. Give me all the annual parties. Um, so that's like how I love and gather people. And then we are really, our family is very involved in Young Life. And so we just kind of wrapped up serving as the committee chairs for Greater Charlotte for three years. And now we're just going to serve and love Young Life and love on the leaders. Um, and then a little bit kind of about what I do when I'm not, you know, momming and having annual parties and being crazy. I have a lot of side hustles, I like to say. And I also have worked in several different ministry capacities. And then that has led me to being the co-founder of Ember Charlotte, which launched in January of this year. That's so, I can't believe it's been a year. That's so exciting. Well, Well, no, January of this year, half the year. January of this year, but it has been 
I mean, really, it's been one year. It's and you'll hear we kind of started it in it. It started a year and a half ago, but it really has been a year, a full year of planning and dreaming and thinking all about the all the things. Yeah, all the things. Well, can you tell the listener a little bit about Ember and what? it is and your heart behind it and all of it because I just when you finally told me over coffee when we got to get together I just knew that we had to share this message on the podcast so I just would love for you to just jump right in yeah I I had always loved ministry I was really involved in my church growing up a really big church in Texas and I had always loved worship and I had always loved people and then five years ago I had put my life I had a what I thought was the perfect life. In 2013, my world came crashing down for what was my heart. And my husband lost his job, his dream job. And it was really some terrible things that had happened to him and some circumstances around him. And what was hard is that we had built this perfect little life with all these great God things, but I had put that on a pedestal above my relationship with Jesus. And so when that came (laughs) crashing down, I had put all my hope in the basket of, well, look at the awesome Bible study that I'm involved in and my awesome friends and I have young life and this and that and this awesome side job and everything was so good, but the so good was so much better than who Jesus actually was in my heart. Wow. Uh, Wow. And so life was hard after that. And we, we left this small town in Columbus, Georgia, and we moved to Chattanooga for six months and that was a really hard season. And then we moved to Texas for six months and lived with my parents with two kids. Wow. And so that year for our family was our hard. And I lost it in that time. Well, I, and I think going back to just kind of what you were saying too, before you continue, just, I think yeah. so many of us can get wrapped up in doing what we think is doing a big thing for God. And Totally. In God's love and in God's grace, he, he loves us too much to keep us there and for us to have anything mm-hmm. above him in our hearts. And so these crashing down years and these crashing down moments are really his just like pursuit of our hearts back to him. But yes. they're usually come wrapped in a very big bow of pain, I would say. Absolutely. And you know what's interesting, Mary Scott, is that we just wrapped up this summer. We wrapped up this week studying Why Her by Nikki Koziars. She's a Proverbs 31 speaker. This book was so good for me this summer. You know, when you read a book or you do a study, any kind of book or study where one nugget rocks everything. And you're like, had I only seen it that way five years ago. So she writes about surrender. And what do you think about Mary Scott? When you think of the word surrender, what, what do you think? I usually, I think right now I'm like opening my palms. That's Mm -hmm. like the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, is like almost just like a, a giving up. I think. Um, okay, so actually, I'm gonna stop you right there because this is where I was. Surrender's okay. waving the white flag, right? Oh, it's yes. like in the okay, movie. Tell me. It's like I surrender, white flag. You just said it exactly. Give up. Like I give up. I can't do it. Surrender, white flag. And in reality, Nikki talks about that. She says, "What did she say?" I just opened the book. She said, "But godly surrender is more of a trusting God stance." Surrender isn't backing down from a desire. It's resisting the need to control things we've asked God to direct. So then for Bible study that night, when we were studying this this word of surrender, I looked up the Greek or Hebrew, I forget which one, and it was this word magon. And it actually means when you look into what this word is, it means to shield and to protect and to hand over safely. 
so it's like the it's like this odd opposite of it's not waving the white flag it's like man terry if you would just hand your life over to me i will shield you i will rescue you i will protect you which doesn't feel like a white flag like that feels safe and cozy wow and it includes your dreams and all of those things that you had done previously just in the right order in your heart you know Totally. So I wish going back these hard years for me, I wish I had thought about surrender because really I was stuck in this place of, I did not sign up for this life. I didn't, I don't deserve it. I don't sign, this is not for me. And I was trying to really control the things around me. And really I just should have surrendered and I should have let him shield, let him rescue and surrender it all. So during this time in Texas, I read the book Restless which had just come out by Jenny Allen. I know you actually talked to Whitney McIntosh um, yes. about yes. If Gathering. We love and, Jenny. <laughs> yes. Okay. I could, um, like my Restless book looks a tattered mess because I reference it with people all the time because it was just a game changer for me. Well, I have not read it, so I'm going to have to put it on my <gasps> list. I am reading Nothing to Prove, but okay. I have not read Restless. So I might have to Amazon and send it to you tonight. I mean, it is, <laughs> has copies built on it, bookmark pages. Okay, so I might mention it a lot, but it really, the story of Joseph and how I felt like Jenny, <clears throat> excuse me, wrote it for me. And this is what stood out to me in my hard place of what did I do to deserve this? I want to control my life. Who are you, God? Um, I started to read this book and what it did was it untangled the threads of my story. And she wrote this, God could untangle your story, your gifts, your people, and your passions and begin to leave it into purposes that you haven't been brave enough to imagine. Wow. Right? I mean, that like gives me goosebumps right now. (laughs) I was going to say, I have full body chills. Yes. And in that, this dream of taking worship, taking my love for gathering people and in my brokenness and in my weakness is where Jesus shines. I mean, that's what it says in the Bible, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in Corinthians, I love that verse about, you know, in your weakness, he is made strong. And I really feel like I began to see the threads coming together, but I didn't know. And I truly believe that this dream was born in that season. And God knew I didn't. And he was waiting for me to get to Charlotte as it's just, he was going to use me as this vessel because it wasn't about me and it wasn't about starting something. It was just, he needed the passions and the story and my heart. He needed all of my, as what I like to call them embers, like what makes Mm -hmm. me up in my deepest core, who I am. And those needed to get to Charlotte. So when we were in Texas, okay, so go back with me. We lived in Chattanooga for six months. We lived in Texas for six months with my parents. I'm reading Restless. I'm starting to untangle the threads of my story. And my husband got, I think, six different job offers in Charlotte. And I was like, "Um, no, we're not going there. I mean, one would say, you just said, okay, right? Like that should be obvious. And I was like, no, no, no. We don't know anyone there. I'm not starting over again. I'm not doing this again. I have done it every time. And I've really put my all into it and I have nothing left to give. And mm. I had some really incredible women that were pouring into me during that season of hard, which I will say side note, if you're in a season of hard and people are wanting to lean into you, the easy thing is to be like, no, 
mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need you right now. Like when I get better, let's go to coffee. And, but you have to let people in and fill in the gap when you wow. can't. And these three women did that for me. And one of them said, you need to start praying for what God wants and not what you want, wow. which is obvious, Mary Scott, right? We know that. Like if you're a believer, you know that. But I hadn't prayed that. And I really did wake up one morning soon after that. And it was so clear that he was trying so hard to get my husband and I's attention that Charlotte was where he wanted us. Crazy. Uh, I would have never seen myself. And so we accepted this job, never have come here. We had not visited. And of course, then I came and visited and I saw Queens and I was like, sold. I'm never living anywhere else. I mean, it is quite a beautiful place. It's not like it's an ugly place. No, the canopy of trees, the food. If Mm -hmm. I'm not talking anyone listening to coming to Charlotte, then I have done a disservice to this city. So, (laughs) So we get to Charlotte and I just sat on this dream. I was like, man, God, what are you doing? You want to use my passion for worship and my passion for gathering people I had learned and gained so much experience behind the scenes of ministry because I really love the behind the scenes. I am not the one to get on stage and teach and talk. And so it really felt unnatural to dream something up of my own. I felt like the cheerleader for the dreamer. Right. Like why create something when there's so many other people I can get behind and champion and join because they're already so great. Yes. And I want to like cheer them on because truly – I love cheering people on. And another thing Jenny Allen wrote is if your heart is willing and you want God's glory and you give him the pieces of your life, something will happen and he waits for us. And here's the thing. I don't want to go alone. What woman wants to do anything alone? That's scary. And I think we're meant to do things hand in hand with people. Totally. You know, it's, it's, it's scary on your own. So I had been in this incredible Bible study in Charlotte with a woman who I hate to say looked up to, you know, because when you're finally in your thirties, it doesn't feel like that. It just feels like, wow, God has given her the gift of discernment and teaching. And so I asked my friend Elizabeth Poplin to go to coffee at Amelie's to, you know, to plug a Charlotte place that I love. Love it. And we went to Amelie's and I just for an hour spilled my heart to her really hoping this wise woman who's not even that much older than me, but she's just a season ahead, you know? Totally. And I shared my dream with her and she said to me, and she didn't know me. We weren't friends. She was just my Bible study teacher. And she said, I'm all in whatever you need. I have been praying for a moment like this. What can I do? And so, yes, I remember getting in the car and being like, Oh, Jesus. Like, it was perfect. He had prepared her heart and your heart Every for this moment. step of the way. I'm telling you, he knew. I didn't. He just needed my vessel to get to Charlotte. My open hands, right? Um, right? And so we began dreaming together. And I was like, let's do this together, hand in hand, arm in arm. And it has really been a joint thing ever since, which I'm thankful for. Because in small business and ministry, it, it doesn't matter what the thing is. Having someone else to lean on when you have strengths and weaknesses, it has been the best gift. I am fly by the seat of my pants. Let's dream. Let's strategize. Let's go do that. You know, and she is the like, let's wait on the Lord. Let's pray. That's literally like me and Rachel. Yes. Yes. Which one are you? Which one? I 
well, she's the dreamer. I'm just the realist. So she's like, let's, you know, we're going to do this and I'm going to go because she's the, she's the creative backbone behind us. Yeah. And it's not that I'm the one who only sits over here and waits on the Lord because she does too, but she has that creative, like go getting energy that I just crave. And I'm so mm-hmm. grateful that she has, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I have probably what totally Rachel has. So it began as a dream. He knew we were going, Elizabeth and I, hand in hand. And so we wanted to go see this live. Like, what does, a, what does worshiping with women look like? And so we got in the car together two weeks after this coffee date. We went to the Grove in Atlanta, which was amazing. <laughs> and if you don't know, the Grove is at Passion City Church. Are you familiar with the Grove? I am. I okay. have not been, but it's been on my on my list of things to do. I'll make sure to link to the Grove because we have yes. a really large group of ladies from Atlanta who listen. So yes. if you're in Atlanta or around Atlanta, the Grove, go, the go, Grove. go. Yeah. They have it once a month. And so we went. We were like, we wanted to see who, who does this and who we know probably does it well. So fast forward, we started this in March. Then come November, we decide to gather a group of women and share this dream with them. And it was scary. Like, what kind of looks are they going to get? Are they going to lean in? Are they going to sit back? Are they going to think this is crazy that someone else is doing it? I mean, all the things go through your head when you start to put this out to people and not even publicly, just a group of women that we really respected. Well, and sometimes, I don't know if you would say this, but it's harder to tell the people closest to you than the people who aren't closest to you Mm -hmm. because it just feels more vulnerable and exposing. You know what I mean? Totally. And I, yes, you're you're totally right. And I didn't know. Some of these were my friends. Some of these were Elizabeth's friends. And I think I sound young and look young. And I, I'm 34. I am young. But I thought some of these older women that we had invited would sit there and be and say, who does this girl think she is? Right. You know? And that's. Just all the things I questioned and thought, it it makes me sad looking back, but we met, we dreamed, we had a logo, we had a plan, and we said, girls, what if we could reach like 500 women in this city? That seemed, not that we would set a number or a goal, but that seemed terrifying, but yet tangible. That was the ceiling. So huge. That 500, Mm -hmm. what, what if we could just gather 500 women in this city? And to worship. And you know what they said, Mary Scott? They said 500 is not enough. And that wasn't us. And I love that it wasn't from me and no. it wasn't from Elizabeth. It was this group of women who said, no, we need, God wants to do bigger. Wow. And um, so here's the deal. Here's, here's what Ember is. That was kind of, I wanted you to know the backstory. But Ember, first of all, we named it Ember. And ministry small business, whatever it is. I don't, I don't want you to always think it has to be ministry, but it takes a village. We didn't even name it. I called a friend up and I told her what we were wanting to do, that we wanted to gather women and we wanted to love on them and we wanted to restore and renew and re-engage their hearts. And just the concept of fire kept coming back to us. And she said, Ember. And here's what's cool. When you look at the word Ember, or even if you just think about what an ember is, it's the start of a fire. It's the, if you think about a campfire, if you go camping or, a, you know, you're having s'mores or a bonfire or whatever, that ember is that thing at the very bottom that sparks the fire. 
And mm-hmm. if you blow on it, and if you care for it, and if you nurture that ember, it becomes a blaze. And then what happens if you're thinking about this fire, you're sitting by the campfire, these little embers started this big fire. Then what happens is those embers rise up and they come out of the fire and they scatter. Wow. And then those embers can start new fires. I love that imagery. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Um, just the idea, it just starts with this little thing, but what you have to do is care for it. You can't just let it sit there. You have right. to blow on it. You have to fan it. You have to have more than one ember to get this going. So Ember was born. We launched January 1st. It began as this dream. What if we could gather the women in our city together and throw off everything that we typically think about worship and get out of our own way and let Jesus do his thing with no labels That's usually attached. the kicker for everything, to get yes. out of our own way and let Jesus do his way. thing. Right? <laughs> I mean, that has stuck with me so much. If we could just get out of our own way, he gets to move. Mm-hmm. So what what would that look like if we did that? And so on January 1st, we launched, and our hope was to worship, to come together for teaching, and for a time of prayer four times a year. So we in didn't want to— In the city of Charlotte. Yes. In the city of Charlotte with women. And our hope is that it would reach a lot of women. So we launched— and 1,800 women RSVP'd for the first one. And this was 22 days. The first one was going to be 22 days after we launched. Yes. And 1,800 women said yes. 1,800 women And you're sealing, yes. you're abundantly, immeasurably more. Ephesians 3, 3.20 was 500. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know what? That reminded me. I wanted to read this verse. Like in that, and I, and I think it has so much to say for what I feel like God has done with me and my dream and not even my dream, his dream, right? I don't even need right. to use the word my. When I went to that silent retreat, when this, when he told me go, I studied that week, Ephesians 3. And it says, for this reason, I well, and let me pause. One of the things I feel like at Proverbs, they do so well, Proverbs 31 Ministries is like, how do you study the Bible? And what do you mm-hmm. do? I This verse that week when I was reading it that weekend, I inserted my name anywhere I could. Oh, wow. So this, I'm going to read it to you like I'm reading it to myself, okay? For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you, Terry, to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, Terry, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know that the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you, Terry, that you, Mary Scott, that you, Catherine or Sarah, may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and then Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Oh, so beautiful. I literally have like full body chills. Yes, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. And how much does that change for us when we put our name into it? And so that reminded me when, when these 1800 women said, I want in, I need this. 
not because of anything we had put out there, but because, oh man, someone has carved out space for me to just go and rest and worship, be with Jesus and worship and be taught and be prayed for. I love in that verse that I may be filled with the fullness of God to him is due to now to him is able to do far more abundantly. And so I wrote 500 on my chalkboard that day. As your measure. Yep. As my measure. Not that it was a success, a measure of success or failure, but God, what if I dreamed big and that seemed huge and far more abundantly. One girl reached out to us and she said, I had no idea there were this many believers in Charlotte. Oh my gosh. And you wonder well, and that's what's the whole her point. story. Yes. I mean, that's the whole point of like gathering is so that you can come together and do life together as God calls us to be together as like a capital C church and right. live in community and go and right. make disciples like we're going to talk about and yeah. all of that. Wow. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. So that is kind of how we started then. So what good, this is, I kept running into this. Elizabeth and I both kept running into this and our team, our team, because it takes a village. What good is it if you come to a night to worship, if you're not taking it out and spreading it to the world, you know, which is the whole point of Ember, which is discipleship right? and which is the point of Ember. And so, um, we stand at Ember to run, to burn bright and to purposefully pursue. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what we want to do with the girls and with our hearts and with what Jesus can do with us at Ember. So we want to run after Jesus, like chase him like crazy, pursue him, have a relationship with him. And then we want to burn bright. Like we want to shine different. We want our embers to spark. We want them to go out and we want them to ignite other people. Part of that and burning bright, run and then burn bright is sharing your story. Because what good is all this hard that you've been through, the hope that you've been through, like everything that makes up who you are, what good is that if you don't go and share it? Wow. We can't hold it close, and we do because we're afraid of what people might think about us. or And because we get in our own way. We Because we get in our own way and we stop letting him move. And so we want to burn bright. And then third, we want to purposefully pursue. And this just gets me going because you know, we can, we can disciple, we can, we can run, we can burn bright, we can share our stories, we can love on other people, we can point them to who Jesus is, but we also have to go beyond that. That's the run, burn bright, and purposefully pursue part of Ember. Um, And we've tried to be intentional with this ministry. One of the things the Grove did really well, um, and we didn't ever want to copy another ministry, we do a lot of things um, different and than other gatherings like this across the country, but they did really well as they saw every woman that walked in and their intentionality was so great. And so we wanted to do that well also because a woman is seen differently than a man. I mean, every, every woman, I feel like who, every girl who's listening is like nodding, like, yes, ma'am. We notice the flowers on a table and we feel seen. Mm -hmm. We notice the silly trail mix snack that they had there for us. And we feel seen because we've come from work and we didn't have time for dinner or we were putting babies to bed or, you know, we just got done with a volleyball game and we're a high school girl and we came straight here and a snack makes us feel loved and cared for and seen. I love that this 
model is really, again, with the ember of going out in local community, but also the idea of women coming together and doing life together in discipleship. And I know this yeah. is a topic that you're super passionate about, but mm-hmm. um, something that you've posted recently that I've been kind of munching on in my brain mm. is the idea that we are probably overcomplicating the idea of what true yes. discipleship is. Yes. And so would you just like share a little bit of your wisdom with that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, 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 like I said, I love gathering people and loving on people and I fail every day, just like all of us do, but we have mm-hmm. to fail forward. Like if you're going to, I love this. Jill Briscoe um, is one of the speakers that if has and another umbrella of if is if lead and it's, a kind of mini conference for their leaders and Jill Briscoe was talking and I felt so free after she said this, that she said, every day you're going to fail someone. Mm. And I was like, Oh, thank you for saying that. I just feel like a weight was taken off my back. Right. Because we always think we are. So it's just good that we all know that. (laughs) Yes. And for someone older and wiser to say it's going to happen. So I have to choose tomorrow to wake up and say, where can I pour out my best today? Because I can't, if I pour it out to everyone, it's going to be spread thin. So, you know, today is a lot of ember and tomorrow it might be my kids. And so Mm -hmm. I might fail my ember team trying to get things done for next week. And then the next, you know, Saturday, it might be, I'm all about my husband today. What can I do to serve and love him? And then send, and so I'm going to fail my kids that day because I, I'm so focused on their daddy, which is good and important that maybe I might say, Hey, go watch a show today. Cause I'm going to spend some time, you know, catching up with dad. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the next Wednesday, it might be that I'm going to go have brunch with my sweet friend, Riley and Blair, and I'm going to pour into them and love them and ask them questions about their lives and their marriage and what's going on with work and love on them right where they are. But because of that, I might feel my kids and my husband mm-hmm. and my all my jobs that day, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. every day you have to choose where am I going to plug in and what am I going to fail? And so you know, I feel like that is a release, not a burden. Right. Um, but I, I, all of that to say, I don't know where I was going with failing, but, but, you know, oh, to say, I don't do it perfectly. I fail people right, right, right. every day, fail forward, but yes, discipleship, we over complicate it. I think, cause we're afraid, we're afraid, um, people might see the real us if we lean in and share our yuck with them and, and show them through our story, who Jesus is. I think we compare like I, I look at, you know, Susan and the way Susan disciples or loves people. I could never do it like she does. So I just won't. Right. We get our own way again. Mm-hmm. You know? And then we're too much or not enough. Like I, I can never be enough for them or I'm too much. I'm too much of an extrovert. I'd overwhelm them. I, I would probably want to get together with them too much. And so we just over, I think we overcomplicate it. And so it's easier to not pour out to people than it is too boring to people. And so we just right. put it to the side. I asked on my Instagram a poll about if you don't disciple, and discipleship is just this, okay? Jenny Allen said it, not me. Because you have been with Jesus, go be with people so that they can be with Jesus. Wow. That is a, the, one of the best definitions I've yeah, ever she heard. Actually, it's the Great Commission is, because which is disciple, make disciples, is that. And so it's not this form. It, it's, you know, making disciples is not... You need to meet four times a month and execute these seven things in order to do this well. I mean, he just calls us to go and to love, to go and to tell. Right. In the middle of our mess, in the middle of our crazy, in the middle of our kids screaming and 
the witching hour and the oh. seasons of crazy. All and of if it. you're in school and you have a job, like it could be anything. And so I ask people, um, what, what is, if you're not discipling, why is it because like I gave them two options. Is it because you don't feel good enough? Like you're not equipped enough or is it because you don't have enough time and it was split down the middle. And so mm. then you can look at a poll and you can see who answered, but right. Wow. So I looked at who answered. I don't feel equipped enough. And Mary Scott, I was shocked at some of the women because I would look at them and, and think, say, you're the true, you're the, you're the standard oh, for true discipleship. Yes. Oh, I thought about one of the girls that answered and I was like, look at what God is doing in your life. And right. she didn't feel equipped enough. And then I look at the girls who said they don't have enough time. None of us have enough time. There will never be a perfect time. You know, you're like, well, I don't want to have kids until we have this much money saved. And like, you're never going to have enough much money. Right. Like, I don't right. want to go on this vacation until I've, you know, experienced this. And that. like, you'll never, you will never have the right time, the right season of life to go pour out into people. But you can make it look like whatever you want because there is no X, Y, and Z. It's just go tell and love. And so it can look like gathering two girls that you have gotten to know and saying, hey, let's go to brunch once a month. Let's just talk Mm -hmm. about life. But always, but point people back to Jesus. It could look like getting a group of girls and reading a book together. You know, okay, well, you know, a a book that points back to Jesus. Okay, let's not get together and read, you know, fiction novels. That's fine too. You know, I, I do that in the summers and we read Why Her? And I can't read a Bible study during the school year. Work is too much for me. My kids are too much for me. But in the summer, I can say, hey, come when you can. Like, I'm taking vacation for a week here and a week there. But you know what? We're going to get together every Saturday. Come in your, I mean, every Tuesday night. Come in your workout clothes. Come, right. you know, bring a friend if you want. No. And that takes all of the pressure off. So we overcomplicate it. We decide it's, it's going to be too much time. It's going to be too hard. I'm not good enough. And I just want to shake some of my friends and, and people that I know and see and say, you can do this. Well, again, we're getting in our own way. <laughs> and and I think this is the same lesson we can apply to everything. Like I and I'll be honest, this is this is just the season I'm in. I'm used to, you know, Daniel getting up for work at five AM and leaving and I get to have like these quiet mornings and I can sit and drink my coffee mm-hmm. and read my Bible and oh it's awesome. But now with his deployment, our days are flip flops, so like we mm. have to talk in my mornings and I'm telling you the biggest obstacle I've had to overcome is, oh, when am I going to read my Bible if it's not at the same time I've always read my Bible or in mm. the same way that it's always been? And it's like I, I I locked the idea that my quiet time had to be, you know, in this dark, cozy corner in my favorite yeah. chair with my favorite coffee with my book right. and no one bugging me. And the reality of it is actually my friend – you know her, Shay Tate. She's been on the show. Yes, love Shay. She said, you know, Mary Scott, what's it going to be like when you have a kid? Are you? Mm. And I was like, great okay, point. Yep, you're right. She was like, yeah. you know, you've gotten so caught up in, in this, you know, when Daniel gets home, my season will be back to normal. But, like, it's mm. not. Never. It's going to be a new season. And so we can't get locked into these ideas of the way things have to be. You're and right. so the same is true in this message of discipleship, yes. you know? Yeah. And I think, too, one of the things I've heard before, and I'm, I, I am going to take it further, okay, is that just like in your season right now, you're in a season of waiting, Right. right? You're waiting for your husband to get back. This girl over here might be waiting for a baby. This girl over here, I was in the middle of waiting for what God was going to do with our messy 
life of living with my parents and not knowing where's the job, where's the home, where's the, and we're all always in a season of waiting. And here's the deal. Serve while waiting to be served, love while waiting to be loved, and disciple while you're waiting to be discipled. That's so good. Because if, yes, because if you sit around waiting for an opportunity for someone to come along and serve you when you're so broken and all you want is someone to come and serve you, guess what? Go serve yourself. Well, and I would also say that in the midst of these seasons of waiting for all those things, it it takes the um the pressure and the eyes off of me. Yeah. And that's that's where we get the joy and like yes. the purpose behind it. And that's yes. how I've I think I've been able to manage a little bit more of this like season how you know it could have been devastating but if I have turned my my motives or my my calendar even to others Mm -hmm. or other things Mm -hmm. then I haven't been so focused you know Lisa Turkers always says I'm like a full-on book of LT quotes but she you know know, yeah you steer where you stare and and your mind feasts what it focuses on so like if I'm constantly looking at me and my issues then I'm blinded and almost in a tunnel to not even see anyone else, you know? Let me give you a good example of that. So when we were living in Chattanooga for six months, we when, when we moved every, you know, six months there for a year, it was awful. Uh, we didn't know people that we, in the cities we were moving to. So in Chattanooga, we called up the Young Life office and basically we said to their area director, uh, hey, we are moving to Chattanooga. We don't know anybody, so will you be our? Will you be our friend? Will you, will you set us up with some people? It's what you and have they, to do. That's what you have to do. Like I shared something yesterday. I shared it's never too late to make new friends, and then I and then be all in when you feel like being all out. Ooh. I felt like giving up, giving up. I wanted all out of all of it. Marriage, kids, someone needs to hear that. Life. Mm-hmm. I wanted all out. So they invited us to come to a committee meeting. And a woman on that committee pulled me in and she said, hey, I've heard some of your story. I understand you're in a really hard place and you, and you just don't know. You, you, you don't know anymore. But here's what I want you to do because I know you love Jesus. I want you to come pour out with me to some college-aged girls once a week. And so she had me come and co-lead with her. And I was a broken like disaster show at the time. <laughs> She said, come read John with us every week. And so we walked through the book of John and she was disciplining, I mean, disciplining, she was discipling me in this. As you both were discipling others. As we were discipling. And so I was discipling while waiting to be discipled. I was loving these girls while I just wanted someone to love me. And so she stepped in for me and she was like, okay, sister, just what you just said, Mary Scott. We need to take the focus off you and your depravity and your sad story and your what did I do? I didn't to deserve this and I didn't we're gonna turn all it around and we're gonna shift it back and you're gonna go pour out to these girls. Yeah. And it was a game changer for me. I think another way we can define the discipleship is that standing in the gap for people. And oh, yeah. like she needed she needed to like almost be the bridge for you to do that. She and did. the same was true for me, like my young life leader was my discipleship almost ember starter. And to this yeah. day, Laura is the reason I I can be what I am today because she stood in the gap for me. And, yes. and it is this multiplication domino mm. effect. And that is the whole point of ember and it going is. out from us so that we can go. And it's like it's like what Jenny said at IF this year. Um, 
flamethrowers. If you watched it. Yes, if we were oh. flamethrowers. So good. Because that's the same idea. It is. And let me say this too, because I think in sharing all this, the last thing I ever want people to think about the story that's, that God is writing for me, um, I, I don't, I do a lot. Okay. I have my, I'm a mom of three. I'm a wife. I work for my best friend. I now run a ministry, this ministry that is taken off like crazy. I'm again, so thankful we have a team that, that coordinates all of it for us. But, um, it might look to a lot of people like I'm doing too much. I had a friend ask me, really lean in and challenge me lately, which I'm so thankful for friends like that that do it. And she said, hey, I think you're doing too much and you're a little too busy. But we need friends like that to call mm-hmm. us out. But here's the thing, and I think this will be freeing for, for someone. It is for me. And it, and it may look like I'm doing too much to her. But for right. me... I'm doing my much Mm. and my much, you know, in quotes, like my much looks a lot different than her much and her load, but that's okay. Like we can God has called us all to our own story. Yes. And it does. It does look like a lot, but I wouldn't be fulfilled in what God's called me to do if I wasn't doing that. Ann Voskamp gave a great analogy one time of um, living a life poured out and I I want my bucket to be constantly tipped over, pouring out for me, not for you, not for her, not for like, for me, that's what God has called me to do. And my much is the exact much God's given me. It's my portion. Um, It is. I I just, so good. It's so good. Well, Terry, um, speaking of Ember, we have a few Embers coming up. Ember yes. gatherings coming up in Charlotte. Can so you, glad give, you mentioned it. Give people a little quick rundown of what they can expect and dates and all the yes. things. Yes. So if you're, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're in Charlotte, we gather four times a year. And I don't think I mentioned this either. We aren't affiliated with a church. Uh, we're a standalone nonprofit because we don't want it to be about a church or a denomination or a building because it's mm-hmm. not, like you said, we're the capital C church. And so we hop from church to church in Charlotte, whatever church will come alongside us and support us. And so... August 16th, we will be gathering at Carmel Baptist in Charlotte um, at 7.30. And all the details, our website, and of course, Mary Scott, I'm sure I'll you'll have this, all of this on the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but August 16th. And then, this is really exciting, and we, for our fall ember, we have partnered with and we are hosting the Freedom Tour, which is Yay! Jenny Allen and Christy Knuckles. You're coming in, right, Mary Scott? I'm going to cross my fingers. Okay. I will try my best to be there because Yay. I can't imagine a better night. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so much fun. So, I mean, it is like my world's colliding and I could not be more excited. But that's on October 25th. We always meet on Thursdays and Ember is free. And our hope is that it always will be. But because we're partnering with this tour and we are hosting it, we are selling, we have to, um, we're required to sell tickets for October. So there is a VIP ticket, which is $30, I believe. All the details are on our website, emberclt.org. Or there is a general admission ticket as well. And so can I tell them what I want to do for the Behind the Blitz? Okay. So if you are listening to this, you can go on our website and get a ticket and Use the code behind the bliss. We'll list all of that in the notes and you'll get $5 off your ticket. 
That would be amazing. No You're yes. so generous. Well, I it know so there's a large group of Charlotte girls who listen to the show and would love to be there. Yes. So, And I'd that- love to connect with people. So if people are in Charlotte, y'all can find me on Instagram. It's private. You have to request, you know, because kids – kids and safety these days but I just love to connect with people and meeting all these girls in Charlotte it's so fun and Ember is going to go until God says that it is no longer you know time for us to love and lead this and so hopefully we will announce our 2019 dates at the end of this year and keep on trucking it's going to be awesome in in. yeah well I'm just so grateful for you getting quiet with God and listening to his mm. call and for your vision for this. I know it's it's impacted so many people I already know and it's going to continue mm. um, as the embers spread. But um, switching gears just a little yes. bit, I want to hear some fun things about you in this season. Ooh. Are you reading anything? Are you loving anything? Tell us everything. Okay, so reading. I, I mean, I said I just finished Why Her and and I'll link so, why her I'm hoping to get Nikki on the show here soon so we'll not make tell you sure. why she's so great she she's came so great she's so house. great she came to my house for my Bible she's study she's so generous and kind and I promise yes. she's just as great in person so I'm That's gonna we, I'll I'll link her in the show notes as well yes so great okay so I also am like a book uh, I have a problem I buy I want to read all these books I so I just too. stack them up and then I'm yeah. like I have too many stacked. I'm stressed. But I will say I read every day New Morning Mercies, Paul David Tripp. When people are like, I need something to read every day, yeah. that is the one. Well, it's it so funny. We've so mentioned good. that in our show so many times. So I'll make you sure have, to link yes. it as well. It is so And of course, good. Restless. I mean, it is my go-to book to just remind myself of um, dreaming and who God's called me to be. But I would say those kind of right now, those are on the top of my list. Awesome. Well, are you and your kids doing anything fun this summer? Or have you done anything fun this summer? I mean, we just got back from the beach. And if you do not know what 30A is in Florida, (laughs) I'm going to pray for you right now. Um, I want to know by name who I need to pray for. We just got back. And it is like God's gift to me, wrapped up with clear water and white sand it's a slice oh, of heaven. It looks amazing. I have to yeah. confess, I haven't <gasps> been, but... So I'll pray for you. I'll I know, for you that you can go me. to Rosemary, Alice, Seacrest Beach. Oh, I, I mean, the pictures are unreal. My cousins moved to Destin recently, so I'm yes. thinking I just need to make it all happen in one trip. Oh, but just wow. come with me. I it just, looks just, amazing. I'll pack you in my bag. So that's been the highlight of our summer. We waited all summer for that, you know, but it's hard. It's a working mom. You know, yeah. our days are scattered a lot and foggy and, you know, we have things we do every day, but we're home a lot, except when we go to the beach or go to the gym. Yeah, or go to the gym. I'm glad I'm you're keeping your normal routine up. Well, yes. Terry, you're amazing. And I'm just so grateful that Riley connected us and a million other of our mutual friends. Yes. And I'm just so excited for all that's to come for Ember and all mm. of that. And we're so grateful for your generosity and and giving the Behind the Bliss listeners a freebie. So that's amazing. Um, and don't worry, everyone. I'll make sure to list, list all the info in our show notes and how you can find Terry and connect with her and everything. So, Terry, thank you so much. Yeah. Y'all, that was such an incredible episode. Terry is honestly one of the most fun people I've ever met. Her energy and her spunk are so contagious, and I'm so thankful that she had the boldness and the courage to share her story with all of us today. If you are interested in hearing more about Ember 
or going to a local event in Charlotte, please head to our show notes at BehindTheBoysPodcast.com and also how to figure out how to get $5 off of your ticket for the Freedom Project event this October. Also, thank you guys so much for your continued love and support for the show. We are so blown away by all of your kind comments and messages. Speaking of encouraging comments, if you have a few seconds, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Reviews are so helpful for people who may have never heard about the show, hear the show, and maybe be encouraged on this side of the internet. You can find everything that we shared in our episode today at our website at BehindTheBlizzPodcast.com. Thanks so much, guys, and we'll see you next week.